Hello, and welcome to the Made to Lead podcast, a show where we tell the personal and professional stories of amazing people of African descent who are leading in their own way. I'm your host, Aziz Garuba, and on each episode, I interview a dynamic individual and discuss their achievements, challenges, dreams, and aspirations, and the lessons they've learned along the way. These candid conversations are meant to showcase their superb talents and leadership philosophies with the hope that it inspires you because you were also made to lead. If you're listening for the first time, I encourage you to subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Made to Lead Show. Also visit our website, madetolead.co, for more information about each episode. Today's show, we continue where we left off with our guest, Bede Akarawusi. He shares with us how he ended up getting demoted at his company, moving on to another organization before deciding to venture out on his own and start his own nonprofit philanthropy agency. I hope you enjoy the show. And you had to come all the way to a cold country, uh, you know, six time zones away from where you were from. Mm-hmm. to discover this about yourself and and that's interesting because i mean even in in other areas sometimes that's what it takes right that's what it takes literally yeah. stepping out of all that you know um to discover that where what you were doing before is really really your core and, that, and that's fantastic absolutely so it's somewhat like a paolo coelho novel yeah <laughs> yeah so so what happens after this i mean did you quit? Did you find another opportunity that was more suitable? Um, you know, when this revelation came, what did you do next? Uh, well, I think I could, uh, I, I, I want to be really kind of honest and transparent with your audience. Um, I was actually demoted. Yeah. So, you know, a new CEO came on board and um, one of his first acts was really to say, listen, um, you know, we love you. We love your energy. We love your drive but um, we don't think you're right for the chief development officer role. Uh, Stay in our organization in this senior VP role and uh, let's continue to do great work. Um, That that actually came as a devastating shock to me. So um, uh, 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 we we parted ways. And then I started to make um, plans with my family to move back to the UK. As I, as I was planning, as we were planning, my family and I, to move back to the UK, I got a phone call uh, from somebody I didn't know uh, who was working at, uh, had just uh, become chief development officer at uh, the Y, at, sorry, had just become chief development officer at this phenomenal social innovation called Pathways to Education. And uh, she offered me the job to lead uh, the major gifts uh, fundraising campaign at Pathways. Uh, at the time, the aspiration was to raise about uh, $60 million in private revenue. Um, and she, you know, we met after the phone call and she offered me the opportunity to work at Pathways for Education, uh, leading the major gift um, fundraising campaign there. Um, uh, and I, my wife and I spoke. Um, and at the end, uh, we, we took took the job. Nice, nice. 
So no, yeah. no moving back to London, staying here in Canada and doing what you do best, which is raising money, interacting with donors, um, Absolutely. And, and doing good work through, through the organization that you work for. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you spent some time here uh, uh, at Pathways. Um, can you talk about how you, know, how you ended up uh, or how you um, achieved the specific fundraising strategy and, and, and you know, were you able to go above and beyond that or, um, or just you know, barely reach it? We set out to raise $60 million in private revenue. After four and a half years, we raised $85 million in private revenue. Um, uh, uh, The the way we set out to to do that was essentially to create a plan of action um, with with our organization team, as well as the volunteers, so our board and our campaign council. And we had phenomenal philanthropists who wanted to partner and invest in Pathways work. We had huge uh, support from corporations and, and foundations in Canada. And, you know, those four and a half years went by really, really quickly. And, and I was in a middle management role, which I had always found now uh, was, or, or let me put it another way, I was... I was in a middle management role, which was more within my comfort zone, I had come to discover. And so uh, there was an element of the familiar, uh, which really enabled me to move quite quickly, to be um, innovative, uh, to build relationships, both internally with uh, program directors and managers, as well as externally with our donors. Uh, and, and don't get me wrong, it was extremely hard work. Uh, all fundraising is difficult and challenging, but it was also hugely educational uh, for me and, uh, and deeply satisfying knowing that we were working for an organization that was helping um, primarily black and brown um, children to stay in school, to graduate, and themselves also access post-secondary education. So I could see a lot of myself Hmm. in the young people that I was raising money for. And so it was almost water off a duck's back for me. I could identify so strongly with the young people in low-income neighborhoods um, who were at risk of not achieving their potential because, like me, they were disengaged from education at a pivotal age uh, in in their lives. And here is Pathways to Education really try to rebuild that bridge between those communities and their formal education uh, um, uh, for, and formal education. That's, that's fantastic. And, and obviously, you know, there's passion that allows you to just sort of do this role with all levels of commitment and, and focus um, because you've been there, you know, yeah, this absolutely. is like a full circle journey um, that, that you've gone through um, and you're effectively back to where you began, but this time you're helping those that were in your shoes, you know, a couple of decades back, which is fantastic. That, that's empathy. Yeah. Uh, and I think all great fundraisers have empathy. Um, and so, you know, I talked earlier about fracture. Um, that is why, in fracture in my life that I experienced personally, and that is why I've always devoted my professional career to social impact organizations, 
whether it's to do with housing, uh, um, income. Um, uh, let me, let, if I may, Aziz, I'll just rephrase that. Um, uh, whether it's to do with housing or income inequality, uh, whether it's to work with people who have disabilities and are marginalized as a result of that disability, whether it's working with children who themselves are homeless and seeking a safe, secure home to be in, or whether even it's, um, you know, people uh, overseas who need uh, emergency aid and assistance because of one devastating natural factor or another, uh, I, I can deeply empathize with people in those situations because I feel that I've lived at least part of, somehow part of, some of their experience themselves. And, and these are the um, uh, uh, part of that experience myself. And these are the points of motivation for me, that mm. it isn't just a job. For me, it's a passion. Yeah. Um, for, for me, I can empathize and and and. When I empathize, I realize that I've got to spring into action. I have to do something. And working with nonprofit organizations has always been fulfilling for me in that sense. Brilliant. Just brilliant. So when did you decide that it was time to do something on your own um, and ultimately uh, become a founder uh, of your own company, uh, Agency? Um, when, when did you decide to take that leap into into effectively entrepreneurship for the nonprofit uh, sector? If there's one bit of advice I would give to listeners, um, it, it's this, that when you start the first day, you start your new job, immediately start to think about the first day of your next job. And I've always maintained that as, uh, as something that I'm committed to. So on the first day of my job at Pathways to Education, I had already decided that my next role would be a role of self-employment. And my question then was, what levels of success would I need to achieve in my current job that would give me the point of leverage to be successful in the next job? So I had a very clear picture in my mind we had to absolutely meet and exceed our fundraising goal. And I had to absolutely demonstrate my leadership skills um, in managing a team, in using my initiative, in demonstrating uh, uh, by example what I thought positive, strong leadership skills were. Because I knew that if I could do that well in my pathways job, it would set me up really well when I um, set up agency. So at the time I didn't know it was going to be called agency, mm. um, but I just knew that my next role would be one of self-employment. And remember also that I'd already decided that I would not take on another executive role. Yeah. So I was really very clear about my career path. And, and, I, and I would really advise others as well just to spend as much time as possible. Yes, thinking about the current role you are in, but what are the skills you need to develop in your current role? So that in your future role, you can be well positioned to also excel in that. That's, that's very, very good advice. Very good advice indeed. So how did the name Agency come up uh, uh, and it's Agents and then C? after it like it you know it, it's 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 quite nice it's a play on the on on the word 
Um, How did you come up with that name? Um, uh, My vision essentially was to set up a a black-led fundraising agency. And I was playing around with names and I just, I couldn't land on a name. I think uh, one of the early names uh, we had was Fruitful World. And um, that just didn't seem really to um, sit well with me. And it was a friend and I who were sat uh, in a bar one day and I was telling him that, you know, I, I really want to set up an agency and I'm trying to figure out what I could call it. And he said, well, if you're having that much trouble, why don't you just call it agency? <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and I thought, oh, my goodness, of course, you know, don't stress yourself out. Just call it agency. Uh, agency was taken in its uh, conventional spelling, A-G-E-N-C-Y. And then I started to think about, well, what does this agency want to do? And for me, this agency wanted to change the way we have conversations about philanthropy. So the C actually is an abbreviation Mm. for change. So we are actually agents for change, but we call ourselves agency. Nice. Very nice. Yeah, no, that's a brilliant name. I'm just thinking about it and I'm like, yeah, it it makes a whole lot of sense. Um, mm-hmm. and you know, you step into this, uh, you've, 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 you decide to create this, you've stepped into it. Um, how did you go about growing the company? Um, how did you go about getting your, you know, first couple of clients and figuring out, uh, the areas that you wanted to focus on, or even the, uh, the types of initiatives that you wanted to help, uh, drive sustainability and fundraising for? My, I, I remember taking a picture of myself on the 1st of January 2016 in my basement because that was day one of agency. Um, and the first thing that I had to do was actually get clients. I was fortunate to have a career coach uh, who had helped me really think clearly about what self-employment would be. And he had set me a goal to um, secure $50,000 in um, client revenue in as quick a time as possible. So day one for me was this kind of goal of saying, okay, who are my clients? Uh, What is my, uh, if you like, pitch to clients? What is my unique selling point? And what will I do to persuade them that they could trust me with their fundraising strategy? So the first few contracts uh, that that we got um, came, I would say, fairly easily because, of course, you know, all entrepreneurs, I imagine, will kind of tap their closest network on the shoulder uh, and, you know, somebody would have some compassion for you and and, and give you a deal. And uh, my experience was no different. So there were people within my circle um, who trusted me and, you know, as a result of that would give me work. Um, And then the real catalyst for us came when we decided to be more competitive. And so I submitted a response to an RFP for fundraising consulting to a fairly large organization. Uh, And I was quite surprised that uh, we we won the bid. (laughs) And that was the beginning of the expansion of agency. I could now move beyond myself and start to hire people and engage associates who would um, uh, support me in various various areas of fundraising strategy and uh, and implementation. So it wasn't just me, but that success came within seven months, wow. and that was hugely hugely 
um, it was a huge confidence builder for me because it was one of the early indicators I was looking for in terms of success. Could I secure a large um, nonprofit organization to trust me with their fundraising strategy? And, and that came really quickly. So uh, since then, um, we, we actually um, have built a client base in the USA, in Australia, um, and in South Africa. Uh, we've worked with projects in India. And of course, uh, we're, we're, uh, we, we've done work in the UK and, of course, work here in Canada. So our work has taken on a global theme, which again sits very comfortably with me because, you know, I, I feel I'm a triangulated person myself. Yeah, true. <laughs> I, my parents are Nigerian. I was born and raised in London and here I am living in Canada. So, so the global outlook for me comes very naturally. And I think that has helped us also secure global clients. Amazing. And, and have there, I mean, you know, over the past five years that you've, you've had, you've run your own shop. Um, have there been challenges uh, along the way? And, and, and what, what can you tell us about some of those? For sure, there have been a lot of challenges. Um, there, there have been challenges, uh, I would say, in terms of uh, attracting staff to a small uh, startup or upstart, as I call it. Uh, there have been challenges in securing staff. There have been challenges in cash flow. Um, I remember having a conversation with a friend uh, who also um, has a startup and I was asking him how he's doing. And he said to me, listen, you know, we're not making any money, but my investors are happy. And uh, <laughs> my jaw dropped because, um, uh, uh, you know, he told me he had investors. And, and I was like, what? Um, I, I didn't know that I could access uh, investments or that there would be an investor uh, interested in investing in agency. Uh, and maybe that's a good thing because we are entirely self-funded um, and, and uh, uh, it, it, the company is controlled by us, the employees uh, of agency. We don't have to work with investors. Um, I don't know how long that will continue, but, but I just mentioned that because there's so much that I have found that I don't know about being a business person just by speaking with other business people. Right. Um, but, but along the way, there have been some challenges, I think, with uh, uh, clients coming on board at a rapid pace and then clients leaving us uh, uh, as well to move on uh, once we have completed our work with them. And, and, and so dealing with the ebbs and the flows has been um, uh, quite challenging. There are challenges with uh, us being in a very competitive space. Um, there are challenges being a black entrepreneur. Mm. Uh, to my mind, we are the only black-led fundraising agency in Canada. Um, and so, you know, we're a bit of a unicorn, but that doesn't necessarily, um, uh, uh, that isn't necessarily a virtuous asset for mm. maybe some conventional nonprofit organizations. Uh, there are challenges that some nonprofit organizations would not um, uh, utilize our skills and our offering as a very diverse team of fundraisers because we are just that, a very diverse team of fundraisers. And, um, you know, we deal with all of those challenges of what it is to be black and in business um, uh, with as much grace as we possibly can, but with real focus 
on what the essence and the purpose of our work is, which is to ensure that our customers, our clients are satisfied with the unique lens and take that we have on philanthropic services. So let's let's talk about some some reflections, you know, and some lessons, and maybe some defining moments uh, in in your life. You know, we, we we've gone through um, a great great journey uh, with you from from the beginning up until where you are. And in the, in that time, like, what what do you feel that, or what do you think you've developed as, um, you know, a couple of leadership philosophies, um, both from running your own shop and leading teams. Um, and and achieving some really really good you know fundraising f- uh, objectives for for your uh, for your companies. I have to go back to empathy, Aziz. Um, empathy for me is the beginning of every great conversation. Um, for you and I to have a great conversation, we must understand each other, and 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 must have a sense of our shared value and respect for each other. Uh, that's the first thing. The, the second thing I would say is that um, running a business is um, totally dependent, not just on one person, me, the founder and CEO, but on a, on, on a team. It's dependent on a team of people if you're going to be successful. So when I think about the enablers of success for me, uh, I have to give credit to my wife, Tower, um, who has been by my side uh, uh, from those days of when uh, I was unemployed and searching for work mm. to the days when I had rapid ascension, uh, to the difficult days of uh, uh, being demoted and to the challenging days of setting up agency and the trust and confidence that she has invested in me to make decisions um, that would impact our family has been incredible. And then I think about my two children, Dara and Chesson, who are now both in their 20s, um, and just how flexible they have been you know, to leave their family and friends behind uh, and, and come with Tower and I to, uh, to Toronto on this fascinating journey. It, it's been tremendously difficult mm. uh, at times and also tremendously uh, rewarding. But my, my point here is that it takes a team and so for me, that team starts with family. Uh, I also have to give credit to um, my, my, my uh, 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 agency colleague, Laura Kim, uh, who in the very early days trusted uh, the vision of agency enough to give up a substantive job uh, to come and work uh, here with us at agency. And I think now she's in, in, in her third year with us and and has been just a tremendous asset a a phenomenal friend um and and has really just been there uh from the very beginning uh so uh, and 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 also clients Mm. uh my 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 friends and colleagues in the non-profit world who know me uh uh who share the philosophy and passion for fundraising that i have and say absolutely you know we, we we would love for you to support us in our philanthropy journey, in our fundraising journey, and so that our nonprofit organization may be strengthened. So for me, it's really not about what I do personally. I mean, what I do personally does matter as far as leadership is concerned. 
but it's also about the people who enable me to be a good leader. True, and and that doesn't operate in a vacuum.、Um, I'm dependent on the skills, the knowledge, the insights, the wisdom of other people, and their generosity in sharing with me.、Uh, as much as, for instance, they may be dependent on any skills and insights、uh, that I have. That that's an awesome. Awesome way of looking at things, and and a great philosophy to have. It is not just about you; it's about the people. And and you know, when I go back to 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 the premise of the show、um, and how we think about leadership, right? It's it's that ability to impact and influence people, not necessarily because you are the boss or you have a title,、uh, but because of what you're able to do.、Um, and I think this fits right right in there. Um, I guess the next question I'll ask is, you know, when you think about, you know, the fact that you're、uh, one of few Black people in this space,、uh, particularly in Canada and, and maybe even in the UK as well,、uh, running、uh, an agency focused on nonprofits, focused on fundraising,、um, you know, what what do you tell to other young Black Africans and and Black Caribbeans、uh, as an advice who have aspirations to do things in spaces where they May not be the majority,、um, or you know, areas where、uh, they may find that is not the conventional path for them. What what piece of advice would you give to those individuals? I, I would kick off by saying、uh, much can be achieved with、uh, inner strength and prayer.、Mm. Um, I, I think to understand who you are as a person and what your point and purpose in life is is tremendously important. When you're starting to figure out, or even continuing to figure out your role in life,、uh, to to understand who you are and what your skills are, and to hone and craft those skills to perfection, is key.、Uh, and in your focus on honing skills to perfection. Somehow you build a level of resistance to all the naysayers, to all the Those who will challenge you. I believe the modern vernacular today is、uh, the haters, <laughs> uh, right? Uh, uh, you know, because if you are deeply focused on the point and purpose of your life and what you wish to achieve, everything else fades into the background,、uh, and then you start to think about just what I was saying before: who's the team that you're going to build around yourself? To help you on this journey, none of us do this work on our own.、Uh, we're totally dependent on 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 others. So I would advise people to build a strong team.、Um, when I was setting up agency, I had、uh, my friend Mike Tenaglia of Beacon Creative. Big shout out to Mark,、um, who had already set up his business about a decade before me, and he was he he was the person. Who daily would give me confidence and say, "Listen, you're going to be okay.、Uh, you know, it's okay to quit your job, and it's okay to go out there and set up your business. Here are some of the experiences I have, and here's how I'm going to help you." And he actually produced our website and the agency logo.、Oh, so、nice. he was one member of the team.、Uh, I had Ilan、um, Levy,、um, who has since passed away, as my coach and mentor. Who set me the challenge first of all of raising fifty thousand、uh, dollars in business revenue to to really give me a sense that I was able to make revenue through this business idea and his monthly coaching with me was just、um, 
you know, oh my gosh, invaluable. Uh, and then I had friends like the one I, uh, uh, my friend Stephen Presser, who I sat in the pub with and we were thinking about names and he said, hey, just call it what you want it to be. <laughs> uh, so, you know, from the macro to the micro, it is really all about teams, isn't it? It's really about the interdependencies. And we only get to really figure out the strength of those interdependencies when we bring our empathy to conversation. Fantastic. Very, very amazing advice. Um, the last question I'll ask you, um, what's next? Ah. <laughs> Thanks, Aziz. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'll go back to what I said before, that um, on the first day of every job I've had, I've thought about the first day of the next job. So can I share with you that I see myself somewhere in the tropics, uh, uh, by the sea or ocean, with a nice cold beer and my grandchildren and my children and my wife by my side. That is a very beautiful picture to imagine. And I believe, you know, when I think about, again, just your career and everything that's gone through, I don't doubt that that's going to happen exactly as you've desired. Um, yeah, no, this, this has been, this has been a fantastic conversation, um, a day. Um, and before we let you go, um, you know, we got to do our, our rapid fire, um, uh, session. Uh, so let, let's go, th- you know, through five questions, give me your best answers as quickly as you can. Um, starting with what book you're currently reading right now. I'm reading Desmond Cole's book, The Skin We Are In. Lovely. And what would you say is your favorite productivity hack? Okay, my friend, you're going to have to describe to me what a productivity hack is. A productivity hack or a tool, something that keeps you, that you use to, to stay more productive. Next question. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right. Uh, what is your favorite place to escape to? Home. And where is home? <laughs> Anywhere where my wife and children are. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, who would you say is your biggest cheerleader or supporter? Definitely Tawa Kerousi, my wife, to whom I've been married 25 years now. Oh, congratulations on that. Um, and if money or resources were not an issue, what would you be doing? I'd be on that beach with my family, sipping a nice cool beer on a tremendously hot day. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, Midday, thank you very, very much for joining us this evening and uh, on the show. I, I really, really appreciate it. Uh, your story is inspirational. You're definitely made to lead. Um, and I do believe that uh, there is, you know, one young black African individual somewhere in the world that's listening to this that will uh, wake up and feel empowered to chase their dreams uh, and live their best life uh, doing what they're passionate about. So, so thank you very much for this. Um, the thanks is all my disease. Thank you for listening to my story. I appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Made to Lead. 
If you enjoyed what you heard, please subscribe on iTunes, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts, and please share with others. Also take a moment to leave a review as well. This helps us improve and also get discovered by others. You can also support by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Made to Lead Show and by visiting our website, madetolead.co. If you would like to be featured or know an amazing person of African descent whose story would be inspirational to others, I'd love to hear from you. Visit our website, madetolead.co slash getfeatured and send us a note. As you continue on your own leadership journey, remember that if you don't spread your wings, you'll never know how high or how far you can fly. So stretch your feathers because you were made to lead. <laughs>